Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are a regular listener of One of a Kind You, welcome back. I am so excited that you're joining us. And if you are a new listener to One of a Kind You, welcome, welcome. Uh, For all my new listeners, the way that this podcast works is that I share a journal entry of mine from about mm, five years ago, and then I reflect on what I was going through then with the knowledge that I have now as a certified life coach and um, time and therapy and learning all kinds of things about myself. So without further ado, I'm going to just jump right in here. So this journal entry is from February 9th, 2016, and it's a long one. So I will just start where it gets relevant. Um, I can't take one more thing on. I feel like Pete's only responsibility is lawyer, while mine is mom, taxi driver, wife, animal trainer, dry cleaner, maid, and on and on and on. The biggest hurdle with our time is poor time management. We don't really have systems in place or a clear delineation of who gets what responsibilities. My lack of time management and follow-through come back to my five energy. It seems as though I spend so much time jumping from task to task and researching and reading while never fully finishing anything. I think this contributes to my feeling of being unsuccessful because I never have anything to show for my time each day. The mouse running on the wheel metaphor pops into my head again. That feeling is constant. Once the girls are in school full-time, I will have more free time to get things accomplished. However, last year when they were both in school full-time, my life consisted of running errands, cleaning, organizing, etc. I didn't take time for myself. I felt like the mouse on the wheel that was exhausted from all the running. I don't want that for myself. I want to feel like I have a life and exist for more than errands, cleaning, and organizing. I sent Pete a text this morning explaining the th- that the thought of taking care of the girls, animals, and me, organizing the house, teaching classes at pe- sorry, taking classes at Penn Foster, and teaching at Wilmington University is so overwhelming. I also told him that I don't want to organize because I don't know where to start, but also I complete a project to have it all undone because no one helps me to maintain it. That in and of itself is annoying and frustrating. Unfortunately, this is where I am right now, so I need to learn to cope and make the best of it so I can have peace and joy in my life. I never want to minimize or take away from Pete what he is going through or deals with on a regular basis. I know his days at work are no walk in the park. This impacts his existence at work and at home. As I cope and adjust to my own life, I try to be supportive and mindful of his too. Because I have to be present and strong for myself and my family, I have to get a grip on things. It might mean more research and note-taking, but I will get to where I need to be in due time. So um, this theme of feeling like the mouse running on the wheel and the exhaustion from that feeling is a constant theme in all of my journal entries if you're a new listener. If you're a regular, you know it. So the first thing is that um, I didn't have boundaries with my time, and that is why I had the feeling of taking on the roles and the responsibilities of so many things while, you know, my husband had the title of just basically his job. And I think that's partly the way society is, um, because I know my girlfriends feel that way too, where their husband has one task or one role, or it seems that way, I should say, 
while they have 10 roles and tasks like I did then and I still do now. And so um, it's interesting because this kind of came up again this week. And so um, on Thursday, my husband tweaked his back, um, basically doing nothing. And he, I was supposed to go to a networking event that was supposed to be all day. And he called me screaming and in tears. And he's not one to cry. Um, so I knew that it was serious. But I will say he doesn't have much of a pain tolerance. And so he needed me to come home and I was fine. I understood. And I came home and, you know, I had to get the medications that the teledoctor prescribed, which meant two trips to the pharmacy, yada, yada, yada. And so what I noticed, and I started to feel a little resentful and resistant to this, is that he had no qualms about doing nothing. And didn't always say like, hey, I'm going up to lay down because it's uncomfortable for me to sit or stand. And so I just need to lay flat on my back or I need to lay flat on my stomach. And then he would just disappear. And I would say to the girls, where's your dad? And they'd be like, oh, we don't know. He must be laying down upstairs or something. And I was starting to get annoyed by that because I was putting my perspective, my map on his, on him. So whenever I leave the room, whether I'm feeling well, recovering from a surgery or, you know, a tweaked back or whatever, I always tell everyone where I am. Hey girls, I'm going upstairs. Hey Pete, I'm going into the office. Hey guys, I'm going to let the dogs out. And I do that all day long. And he doesn't. And I started to feel like this jerk is just gonna, you know, milk this for all it's worth. Meanwhile, I'm now taking on cooking dinner because in full disclosure, he cooks, I clean up. And so now I'm like, oh, I have to make dinner for us. I have to make dinner for the kids. I have to feed the dogs. And we're in the process of trying to figure out if we're going to sell our house or not. So then now I'm taking on the task of purging the playroom, purging the office, purging the laundry room, all these things. Meanwhile, he's just laying there. And I knew very well that his back was basically, he wasn't, I, he was immobile and he was bedridden basically. But when I'm immobile or bedridden, I have this feeling like, oh, I need to make an effort to get up. I need to try and help in any way that I can. I can't, you know, I can't just lay here and take the time I need to recover. And because, you know, I, the one who knows all the procedures and protocols and all of that, if you hear panting in the background, my dog Franklin just came into the closet where I record my podcast and he's breathing like he ran a marathon. Um, and so I just, you know, I look at myself as the CEO of my household and therefore I'm like, it's my responsibility to do this and this and this and this and this. And if I lay down or if I take the time I need to heal and recover, then I am slacking on those duties and responsibilities and that, that that's unacceptable. So I don't give myself that time, that space where my husband, he has no, doesn't think twice about it. And I had to catch myself and say, you know what, Kim, it's not for you to decide if Pete needs to announce to you or to the girls that he's leaving the room. If you need him for something, you can find him. You don't live in a mansion and he's in one of two places. He's either in your bedroom, laying on the bed 
or he's in the guest bedroom laying on the bed. But that's it. So it's not a big deal. And, and I also had to give myself permission to say, you know what? You don't have to do all of these things. You don't have to purge the playroom today. It's not going to make a difference in getting the house ready to sell if you don't do that tomorrow or the next day or the next day. And so I had to kind of put myself in check and say, you know what? I'm going to follow Pete's example a little bit. I don't need to take on the world in his absence. And at the same time, it was a really kind of a good experience because I said to myself, you know what, Kim? You are capable. You are capable of cooking dinner for you and Pete and the girls. And again, full disclosure, I make separate dinners for my kids and my husband and me because I don't feel like fighting the fight of forcing kids to eat food that they don't like. Um, but, you know, it was kind of empowering because, like, I am running this show by myself with no help and I'm doing it. And I'm tired at the end of the day, but no more tired than any other day. So that, like, a huge, you know, story to just say that on some level, when I, where I was in 2016, I took on all this stuff and I put a negative connotation to it. And yes, I was the mom and I was the wife. And as a mom, it's your job to drive your kids around. Is it overwhelming and frustrating sometimes when you don't have help? Absolutely. But this is where it was like, if I had taken the perspective like him, it's amazing that you and your husband have the ability for you to be a stay-at-home mom and drive the kids to after-school activities and pick them up from school and take them to their doctor's appointments and not have to ask permission to have time off. So I was in a really bad headspace because I was looking at all the things that were lacking. Really, it was a victim mentality on my part because I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel significant. I didn't feel like I mattered to anyone. And I didn't feel love and connection because I was depriving myself of that. I was being closed off and angry and in so and doing so, then it pushed my husband away and it didn't make me the most enjoyable person to be around for my kids. But that's because what I was doing is that I was looking for validation. I wanted someone to say, Oh my gosh, you're amazing that you're the taxi driver for your kids and the wife and the animal trainer for the for your own pets, but the assistant trainer for other people's dogs, and that you are the laundry person and the maid and on and on. Like that's amazing, Kim, that you are capable and able and willing to do those things and that look at you, you survive and you make it each and every day, some days with a smile on your face and some days not. But I was looking for the wrong thing in that. And instead of validating myself, I was waiting for someone else to validate me. I was waiting for someone to come in and swoop me and rescue me, mostly my husband. And I wanted him to say, you know what, Kim, you're right. You are the dry cleaner. So you let me take over the responsibility of the laundry. And then that just gives you the roles of mom, taxi driver, wife, animal trainer, and maid. But so let me take that off of your plate. But the thing is, Pete wasn't able to do that because he didn't have the time. And it goes back to his boundaries with work. At this point in time, he had been at this job for about four years, five years. And um, I think five years. And he was still new. I mean, new, like the, one of the youngest attorneys in the practice. So I know that he felt pressure 
to be at the office late hours because no one else at the office has kids. Well, now there's another person there that does. But at the time, I think Pete was the only person there with young kids and a wife at home. Everyone else, you know, they've been married for 40 years. Their kids aren't growing in in college or they were never married and never had kids. So they're single and they are basically independent individuals and don't have people depending upon them. So I know that he was feeling pressure there and I just couldn't, step outside of my own struggle to see his struggle too, is that he wanted to be more involved with taking the kids here, there and everywhere. And he wanted to be more involved with helping with the animals, our pets. And he wanted to be more involved with helping with running errands on the weekends or during the weekend, laundry and yada, yada. But he just wasn't able to do it because he didn't have boundaries in place for his time and his well-being with his job. So we both needed better boundaries, but we also needed to have our moment where we come together and say, okay, these are the values that we want to uphold for our family. These were the standards that we have. This is our operating procedure. And in doing, we didn't have that. So we were basically both fighting to be in control. And I thought to myself, and in part, the therapist that I was seeing at the time, you know, she was telling him, you're the CEO. You need to tell him what you need. And you need to tell him you need help with the laundry. And he needs to help you fold it. And it needs to be folded by this day and this time. And in practicality, okay, yeah, but that just wasn't how our lives functioned. Because I didn't know if he was going to have a long day, a short day. I mean, just for instance, today he's in the office and he's been working from home primarily from the pandemic. But he had to go into the office today and he left the house at eight o'clock and he still isn't home. And it's now seven thirty, almost seven thirty at night. So because the issue that he had to deal with work ran from I think nine thirty in the morning until six thirty this evening. So his schedule is unpredictable. So for me to say to him, Oh, I want you to help me with the laundry and the laundry needs to be folded at this day at this time just wasn't realistic. And so we needed to be able to say, you know what? Okay, laundry, one load a day, wash it, dry it, fold it. Ideally, put it away. If we're not able to put it away, at least it's washed, dried, and folded, and it's on the counter in the laundry room, and we can take care of it maybe tomorrow as the first load is washing. It was those kinds of things. And as a coach, I try not to stay service level, um, and strategies tend to be surface level unless they're aligned with your mindset. And so I just felt completely overwhelmed. So there probably wasn't a lot of, I'll say, strategies in that moment that felt like they were going to be working and worthwhile to maintain over a long period of time. So that was the other thing. It's just we are time management. He didn't manage his time. Work managed his time. I didn't manage my time. Everything else managed my time. The kids, the dogs, obedience training, teaching at Wilmington University, all these other things managed my time. And then I was at everyone else's disposal. So I felt like I, I was, um, you know, like had all these little leeches on me and everybody was just pick, 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 pick. But there was no rejuvenation, no replenishment. And what I needed to do is say to myself, Kim, it doesn't matter if you clean the bathroom every day. It doesn't matter because at this, I think I had let go of that at this point. But there was a point in time where I was following an organization specialist and her suggestion was to clean the bathroom every morning. And 
wipe down the bathroom counter every night. And I was following her suggestions religiously. And that brings me to the next point is that I was taking on so much stuff to try and meet my emotional needs in all the wrong ways. And at this point, I didn't even know what emotional needs were. I just wanted validation. I wanted acceptance. I wanted approval from others. But I wanted to feel like I was a good mom. I wanted to feel like I mattered. And I didn't feel like a good mom. I didn't feel like I mattered. I felt like I was a horrible person because I was always frustrated. I was over, always overwhelmed. I was always complaining. I was always playing the victim card. And I tell my husband now, like, I don't know how he stayed with me because I was miserable with a capital M. And he kind of laughs and, you know, brushes it off. But occasionally he will say, I don't ever want you to get to that place again because you were miserable. And he's right. I was. I was so miserable and defeated. But I, it's because I wasn't coming at any of this from a sound mental place. It was coming from a place of a lot of lack, a lot of insecurity, a lot of um, people pleasing. And so I talk about being a five energy. I honestly don't even remember what a five, what that means. I don't make reference to it. So I'm not really sure. Um, but I didn't finish anything because I was looking for perfection. I spent so much time researching and reading the best way to organize a playroom, the best way to maintain a laundry schedule, the best way to keep your kitchen clean, the best way to, who knows, do self-care, the best way to love yourself, the best way to keep communication open with your partner, the best way to get your kids to get dressed in the morning by themselves, the best pickup routine from school, the best bedtime routine. I Googled and researched everything you could possibly think of under the sun. And that in itself was a huge downfall for me because I wasn't trusting myself. I wanted someone else to tell me exactly how to do it because I didn't want to make a mistake. And I didn't, because if I made a mistake, then someone would look at me and say, oh, you're horrible. I can't believe you don't know how to do that. Or I can't believe you made that decision. And I did not want that at all. So I wanted someone to tell me exactly how to do things so that things wouldn't fall apart and they wouldn't be unfinished. But I was putting the value, I was putting the em emphasis on things that I didn't really truly value. Do I really care that the toy bins in the playroom are organized so specifically that all the American Girl doll things are in one bin, all the Barbie things are in another bin, all the Calico Critter things are in another bin, all of the dress-ups are in another bin, and heaven forbid they get mixed up sometimes? At this point in 2016, I did. Because I thought if everything was organized perfectly, then that made me a good person, a good wife, a good mom. But now I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't really care what's in those bins because it's up to my kids to find what they're looking for. That's not my job. So that in itself created that mouse running on the hamster wheel over and over and over because I was looking for someone to tell me how to do things because I was so terrified of making a mistake. I thought if I make a mistake, then I'm a failure. And that was the last thing I wanted. And I looked at this time period of that it was so draining. And I was so focused on doing things like I have to get this to do list done. I have to get everything cleaned. I have to get everything organized. I have to get the house decorated in just the right way. And in doing so, I didn't take time for myself. I allowed everyone to continue expecting from me. And I expected of myself for me. But by the time I got to myself on this huge laundry list of things that I 
put on me, I didn't have time for me. And I came across an old to-do list that was in a notebook. And it's funny because I didn't do any of those things on that to-do list. And guess what? I'm still breathing and functioning. And it just shows me that the things that I I was prioritizing at that time didn't have any value in the life that I wanted for myself. It was the things on the to-do list of what I thought I should do based on what other people expected of me, not what I wanted for myself or my family or my house. Nothing. It was what other people wanted from me or expected of me. And sending Pete the text was not helpful. And I wanted him to say, oh, you know, I wanted him to be like, oh, poor Kim. This is so awful for her. Ugh. And I wanted to just, you know, in this moment say, okay, this is where I am. So I need to learn to cope and I need to make the best of it. But I didn't know how to cope because I was not even aware of what was really going on. So I couldn't have peace and joy because I didn't feel peaceful within my own self. I, my stomach was always in a knot. My heart was always racing. I always had a headache. I just always felt on edge and anxious and angry and irritated and really a short fuse. And when you have that feeling in your body, there's no way you're going to have peace. There's no way you're going to have joy. If you do, it's going to be fleeting. It's not going to be like deep in your soul peace and deep in your soul joy, which is what really what I was seeking. So, and I, and I, when I share things about Pete at this time and even now, I don't ever want to come across as that I'm minimizing or taking away from what he's going through or dealing with because he's having his own human experience, just like I'm having my own human experience. And the things that he experiences are for meant for him to help him grow and evolve and become the person that he's truly meant to be and the same for me. But I couldn't be present and strong for myself because I was so focused on the fact that I thought I was broken and that there was something wrong with me and that I was a failure. And I was never going to get a grip on things because I didn't even know what to be getting a grip on. I was so focused on the external of like, oh, the house is organized. The house isn't decorated the way it's supposed to be according to, to Pinterest and whoever else steps foot in my door and thought that, oh, that picture doesn't look right on your mantle or, oh, you should have this lamp on this table and said, whatever. Um, I was looking for all of that instead of looking within myself to be like, wow, Kim, you're amazing. You left an incredibly abusive relationship at the age of 21 and basically started your life over from scratch. You went on to have, you know, college degrees and beautiful, healthy children and a husband that is loving and supportive. And, you know, I couldn't see any of that because I was so focused on what I thought I didn't have and what I was lacking and feeling like I was never going to find it and I was never going to have it and I was never going to be fixed and that I was always going to be broken from February 9th of 2016 until today that I'm speaking to you. But the researching and the note-taking was irrelevant as well because I didn't know where I needed to be because I didn't really know what the core issue was. So all of this really stems from the core beliefs that I had about myself based on childhood experiences growing up through my parents' divorce and being teased and bullied at school and then going through an abusive relationship in my pivotal developmental years of being a 15-year-old girl until a 21-year-old young 21-year-old young woman all these core beliefs that I had developed in that time were actually impacting me now and I didn't know it. 
It was the core belief of not being loved. It was the core belief of not being good enough. It was the core belief of not being able to trust myself. It was the core belief of needing others' validation and approval. And it all stemmed from childhood. But really what stemmed from childhood was the patterns that I was engaging in. So I was engaging in this pattern of research, like researching and note-taking to the nth degree. I was engaging in this pattern of needing perfection. I was engaging in this pattern of overachieving. I was engaging in this pattern of being a short fuse. And it was all because it was based on core beliefs. And I was actually meeting my emotional needs in some way. I was not in a serving way, but I was seeking significance. And that's what I was doing when I was reaching out to Pete with the text messages, the text messages and the sob stories of the woe is me card. But I was also craving some certainty. And in this time in my life, everything just felt so certain because I was in therapy. I didn't know what she was going to say. I didn't know if she was going to bring up the medication conversation again for like the 18th millionth time. I didn't know when Pete was coming home from work. I didn't know if the girls were going to be well behaved or if Casey was going to have a meltdown or if the cat was going to throw up a hairball. Like, I just didn't know. And everything felt way out of control beyond any sense of control or certainty that I could even imagine. And so I was trying to create that significance and that certainty for myself through trying to over control every single thing, every single aspect, every single speck of everything within my life. So the biggest thing that now is that, yes, I am still the taxi driver. I'm still the mom. I'm still the wife. I'm still the animal trainer. I have two dogs and a cat and I work part-time for a local dog trainer. And, um, I now have my nonprofit and I run my girl empowerment program, my proactive empowerment program for young girls called girl talk. I have coaching clients. I still have all those things. My plate is still as full as it was then as it is now. Some things have changed. I no longer teach at Wilmington University. Um, and that's okay. But now I know that I create, I meet my emotional needs for myself. So I create certainty in my day. I create significance. I create uncertainty and I create love and connection. And now I'm at a place where I can see the things that I want to engage in because I value them and I, it allows me to grow and contribute where before I wasn't really contributing. I mean, I was, I was contributing because I was taking care of my house and my kids and my animals and all that, but I didn't feel like I was contributing on a global level. And that was what I was seeking, even though the contribution that I was making was more than enough. Raising little humans is hard work. Um, and I actually was growing at that time in 2016. It just didn't feel like it. It was a slow, painful, uncomfortable journey. And so now I, because I'm aware of the patterns and I'm aware of the core beliefs, I know how to create more empowering patterns for myself. So I am going to leave you there. I think I have babbled enough for this episode of One of a Kind You. I am so appreciative for you taking the time to tune in and listen to this episode. I hope that you found it helpful and that you were able to take away something from it. And I hope that you will join me again next week. If you feel like this episode was amazing or would be helpful for a friend, please share. Um, let's spread the love. And I hope you'll join me next week. Thanks so much for tuning in.